Hey, this is Sebastian Voth, and you're listening to the Entrepreneurious Podcast. Um, this month's episode, week's episode, I don't know how I'm going to do this yet. Um, we're going to be talking just a little bit about my experiences in the kind of entrepreneurial um, business world, how I kind of got my start, where I studied in school, um, just a little bit of the details on me. Uh, so if you're interested in hearing more about this kind of topic, you can uh, give me a subscribe, a follow on Spotify, on Anchor, uh, which I'm doing this podcast through. And yeah, just give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Comment. I really love to hear about people's experiences and stories from the video and television film industry. Um, there are definitely lots of crazy stories to talk about, um, but mainly on this podcast, I'm going to be focusing on talking to other entrepreneurs that um, inspire me, uh, that I've worked with in the past. And no, we're not super huge, famous people. We don't have a crazy big Instagram following, but I'm a big believer that, you know, life isn't all about that. And, you know, I know what you're thinking, Sebastian. Um, you're, you're just saying that because you don't have a big following. And if you had a big following, you would, uh, you would definitely think that life was more about that. But, you know, it's video, especially working in this business. Anyone with, you know, any sort of technical skill can do this stuff. And I'm a big believer in that. You know, I, I don't think you need a cinema camera necessarily to shoot the greatest footage. You can shoot amazing things on your phone. So it's not really about any of that. And yeah, I'm just here to, to talk a little bit, of, like introduce myself, talk a little bit about um, how I got my start. And uh, if you like it, you can keep listening. If not, cool. No worries. I hope it helps someone out there. So this episode one, we're talking about my life in the film industry and in the television industry, how I got my start, where I am now, how I kind of made my way into the job I am now. So it starts way back actually in, uh, in high school. Um, I was one of the very few people who kind of knew what they were doing with their life or, you know, it seemed like everyone in my graduating year was like, yeah, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer, whatever. Um, they kind of knew where they were going. Um, I was on student council. I was fairly involved in the school activities. I did, you know, the musicals in school, which was really cool, really fun experiences. Nothing wrong with that. But um, as I kind of got closer and closer to graduating, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing uh, when I when I get out of school. And, you know, I'm not the only one to say this story. I realize that there are tons of people out there that are just like, I had no clue. I went to three different colleges. I did three different degrees and I still don't know what I'm doing. And that's cool. Um, but my story kind of starts a little bit differently in the sense that I found myself for like just in love with arts and drama and dance. Yeah, it's crazy. 
uh, you know, I was, I'm, I'm, to know me, I'm, I'm, you know, six foot tall, six foot three, and I, uh, I did dance, and I was the tallest guy in the entire, I was like the only guy, there was actually four of us, four guys in dance class, and, uh, and, and my school was really different, because, uh, we, we really were okay, like, everyone was just okay with guys being in dance, there was maybe, like, the one comment, like, oh, are you gay, and it's like, well, you don't have to be gay to dance, that doesn't, that's not in the description, usually male dancers are, but that was probably part of it, um, it was just a good workout, good full body workout that you could be creative and artsy with, and express yourself, um, and I never really, like, believed in any of that, like, expressing yourself stuff, but I guess I did, because I had a fun time in the dance studio. As well as that, I took a lot of drama, I took music, and again, I performed in all the musicals at the school, so, yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a different high school experience than the majority of, you know, I guess males have been through, um, and through that, I kind of discovered, you know, I really like these arts. Um, but looking forward in Canada, you know, making money in music, making money in arts is not like the easiest route to take. And that came very apparent to me. Um, you know, just talking with my parents and my family, it's like, you know, having this dream of being on Broadway and, you know, I'm not like I was in these shows and we, we did, you know, especially like for, for a high school show, we had like a big, uh, big theater with, you know, wings and an actual like big red curtains and a whole light rack and crazy huge soundboard and just all this crazy high level theater stuff. Like we were almost like the Shaw Festival in Niagara Lake, like it's almost at that scale, but I mean a little bit lower because it's a high school, right? Um, but yeah, I just found myself... I just found myself just just not seeing myself as that level of talent and you know I got roles that were like side characters and I had lines and things and I had solos and singing but it wasn't really like I wasn't the lead and I was okay with that like that's not that wasn't the goal it was just to have fun in high school and to learn something from it um so from, from there, I kind of made my way somehow to finding Niagara College and the broadcasting program there as an option. And it was a way, <laughs> it was a way for me to really escape math. Um, for some reason, just I could not grasp math as a whole. I mean, the easy stuff, yes, I know how to do basic math. I'm not, you know, completely... <laughs> inept in that but um i definitely did have a lot of struggle when we started to get into calculus um so i took lower levels of math and it wasn't because whatever like and then on you know finding niagara college in the broadcasting program that was kind of a save a savior in that sense because like oh i can do things in media i can do things with images and that are creative that aren't singing and dancing on stage that oh, you can actually make money at this and do well and have a good career and have a fun career. Um, so I, I was really lucky to discover that. 
Um, and I don't know what that transition was for me. I think it was just, honestly, no, you're not going to make a lot of money being on Broadway and you have to move to the States for that. And I don't want to move to the States because there's, there was a rumor at the time of Trump being president and well, that came way later. I don't know. I just didn't want to move to the States. I didn't like the whole healthcare thing over there. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for not wanting to go to the States. Um, and to be successful in, in an arts career, that's where you had to do, move to New York City, you know, show up with your suitcase off the bus and nothing but, a, you know, an extra pair of clothes and first month's rent kind of thing. Um, I didn't want to do that and it didn't make sense. So, yeah, I found my way into marketing and media and video and cameras and audio and just so many great outlets for creativity that... Um, you know, you don't have to audition for, you can kind of create your own things and people could comment them. And, but especially with the world of video and social media, you can just post whatever the heck you want. It's pretty, pretty sweet. And you can practice and get better. So it was definitely kind of my realm. It was still artsy, still creative, but I could kind of find myself in, in a job there that was steady and I would enjoy and was really far away from math. <laughs> so that's kind of how I made the decision to go into media. And, you know, I got the whole, oh, this is film school. <laughs> this whole thing is, uh, is, is film school. And man, yeah, you get so many crazy looks when you say you want to go to film school, especially in a, you know, in a high school where, Everyone's going to universities. They're going to Carleton in Ottawa. They're going to, uh, what's the school in Hamilton? Oh, gosh. Well, they're going to Western. They're going to Brock. They're going to all these, you know, oh, I'm going to university. Where are you going to school? Um, I'm just going to Niagara College. Oh, you know, you got those kind of responses, which I just find so funny looking back now because um, it's this is kind of a side, but, you know, I've worked at the college for a couple of years and throughout the programs that I've seen people kind of, and just like talking to people, they've, <laughs> they've gone to Brock, they've done their four years, they've been looking for jobs, they can't get jobs. So they come back to the college for hands-on experience. And I just look at them and it's like, okay, you may be way, way smarter than me, which most 10 out of 10 people are. And I'm cool with that, whatever. That's not what it's about. But the fact that they went through university, they did all the four years, they did all these crazy long essay writing and sometimes math um, and studying movies and writing essays about movies and or you know practicing marketing, you know, all the similar stuff that we were doing just on a more hands-on level or on a more written level, they were doing on a more written level, we were doing on a more hands-on level. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I think in media, people want to hire based off of like tangible skills. Like, oh, can I see your demo reel? Can I see your work? Because especially in 2021 now, holy crap, we live in a visual world. Like everything, TikTok, Instagram, reels, it's just like, it's all video and it's all phone video now basically, but it's still all video. And lots of TikToks that you see, they use cinema cameras that are flipped on their side. Like there are so many things that people are using these 
practical skills and learning how to use these apps and post videos. So yeah, I'm not saying that university is a, was a, was a bad decision for some people, but it's just really funny that I was looked down upon even by my guidance counselor, which I will not name the person. Um, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> but they, I, I said to them, like, I want to go to Niagara College for broadcasting and video. And they looked at me like, what the heck? Like, you have good grades. You're on student council. You know, <laughs> you do well in school. Why do you want to go to a college? Like, I don't think they ever, like, I don't think they ever came out and said that to me. But I think they, <laughs> I think it was like hinted upon. And there's like this story that, you know, there's a bus that would take us, take the centennial, the, uh, take the centennial students over to um, Niagara College for the day to do like a, you know, like a tour of the different programs and different things you could study. And um, of course, the group of kids on that bus at the time, the group of high school students, man, it was the rough crowd going to Niagara College. It was the guys that wanted to do like electrical work and construction and train in the trades, which I'm sorry if anyone says that trades are like, you know, for dumb people or for, it's like, man, those guys work so hard and they, <laughs> it takes a lot of thinking and intelligence to build something. And people who don't do that will never understand that. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, just that bus of, of really rough <laughs> high school students and they're like yeah we're gonna throw you on that bus with all that i was like not that i was like trying to separate myself that i was better than all of them i didn't it's just like you know that crowd like they were full of just just not nice kind of people um and it really and none of them really liked me like we never really hung out it was just kind of weird like people were going to brock with their friends like there was a Brock trip where we got a tour of Brock and everyone went with their friends and toured different classrooms and lecture halls and got to meet other Brock students. Like it was with my kind of crowd and this crowd just wasn't, we just didn't match. Um, so I didn't want to hang out with them all day uh, because I just didn't, it just didn't fit in with them. Um, so I arranged to go and do a private tour and I highly recommend that to anyone because it just kind of takes out the, you know, your guidance counselor standing over you. Are we going to ask a question here? Oh, you should do this. Oh, Sebastian, you'd be great at this. Like, just takes that out. You can just be with like your parent or just on your own and just chat with people and get to know them. And you, you hear from students that have been there and it's just really great. It's a, it's just a way better way to see a school because when, when the groups show up, you know, it's like, oh, we got to put on our what it's, what it's like at Niagara college. Like when it's just you showing up, like they do that a little bit, there's a little bit of marketing in there, but for the most part, it's just showing you what's up and you might show up on a day where there's actually classes going on, which is super cool to see. Um, so you actually get to see what a day would look like. So anyway, that's how I kind of got to my decision of Niagara college broadcasting. And I think I'd like jump back and forth between electrical techniques like becoming an electrician. And I was like, that's not what I want to do. That's not creative. That's just putting wires and things and 
making power work and learning all the code. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely not my path. And so I found broadcasting and the rest is kind of history there. Um, I really, yeah, for my first day, I knew that I would love it. Um, just working with cameras, working with lights, um, working with groups of people. I thrive socially. Like that is where my place is. I love working with groups of people and trying to work out a group consensus and trying to like, that's all I did in high school. I worked in drama. You were always working with someone in dance. You had a partner in, um, in all the musicals and shows and student council, there was meetings and you had like, that's what I'm into. And broadcasting, there are so many opportunities for that. You're always meeting with someone. You're always working with someone. There's a camera operator, there's a camera assistant, there's a director of photography. And those are, that's one department that works together to achieve a goal. Like everything that you're doing, and you could argue that for almost any job that, you know, everything that you're doing is a gr is group work. And, but at the college, you just got to do that right away. And the other thing that I loved is there was no mess messing around. There was no bullshit. It was just, here's what you have to do. Here's how you're going to achieve it. We're going to let you make mistakes and we're going to let you just practice and build on those skills. And on top of all that great stuff that you get to do, we're also just going to hand you a bunch of equipment that you get to, you're going to have tutorials on, you're going to learn slowly, but you're going to use this equipment and learn how to fail with it and learn how to shoot great stuff with it and learn how to record proper audio levels and different things. I hope my, my, my audio professor, my, my radio professor, um, is not listening because he might, um, think this audio level is bad. I'm trying to monitor my levels and record myself. And sometimes it doesn't go as well as you think. Um, so, uh, Chris, if you're listening, Bruce, if you're listening, uh, yeah, uh, just ignore the horrible audio quality or it might be great. And then you can praise me for it later in the comments. Thank you. And anyway, um, but yeah, just, just a great school, great group of people. And there, I'm really, really glad to say that I think like what really helped me is like, I, I made an impression on some professors in a way, um, not to like toot my own horn or whatever, but I think, you know what? No, it wasn't during, in school, in the three years that I was in school, I was pretty quiet. I was not, you know. At least that's what it felt like to me. I was just like making my way through, learning the skills, kept my head down, learning my skills, figuring things out, making some connections and some friends. Didn't, you know, they had like industry meets. I didn't really make it to any of those. Um, I didn't really, I don't know what it was. And also right at the beginning, this is where we get into the entrepreneurship part of this. Um, first year, I bought myself a DSLR. Bought myself a camera, which I was lucky enough to do because I was living at home and saving money. So I could afford like a, a good like $1,000 DSLR at the time. And I just started shooting photos, started shooting video. It had video mode on it. It had two modes, right? Uh, it was a Pentax K1 uh, camera. Now there's a K1 Mark II. So time has changed. Times have changed. Um, but, but mainly it was... It was just 
learning that camera and having fun with it. And then I was like, hey, why don't I shoot a documentary? Like, that's cool. Um, so I shot this documentary. I screened it at a local cafe that I worked at at the time. And it got like a positive review, but oh my gosh, it is the crappiest documentary you will ever watch. Like it is no story. There's no characters really. It's just like interviews with like fancy B-roll, but I learned how to fail there. Like I learned how to make that mistake. Um, so that, and that was first year. And that was just me. Like, I think I made like it, all the money went toward new gear for me and like the crew of people that helped me put it together. Um, so I think I bought like a microphone, like a hundred dollar microphone from it, which is now very broken and doesn't work anymore. But regardless, it was worth it. It was worth it for the experience. I had to go in front of a crowd of people say, this is my work. This is what I was looking to do. These are the crew. Thank you to everyone and enjoy the show. Like I had to step up in front of a crowd of like 50 people and say that, which is pretty nerve wracking first year. It was a big joke definitely the worst documentary you've ever seen don't don't search it i'm not even gonna put the title in it because it's not even worth looking up um <laughs> uh yeah just just create just so stupid what i'm getting into that um but yeah talking about more entre entrepreneurial stuff right so i even started doing stuff on my own then in first year and then i'd kind of discovered oh you can make your own production company you can do and i mean everyone was doing that like that was like oh i do weddings you know and i did that for three years and and in school i was just making extra cash on the side just kind of producing little shorts i did a um in third year i did a uh an advertisement for a ymca camp like that was probably my biggest job out of it got paid 500 bucks total had to pay crew out so i probably made like 200 bucks myself from that it was like four days of work. Had no idea how to budget. Had no idea what I was doing. But it looked good. Interviews looked good. Audio sound was good. Had a lav mic. Kept adding gear, right? Made things sound really, really good. Looked good. Um, was using the school's equipment partly to get multiple angles. Sometimes I wasn't. I was just using my own gear. Um, but I really discovered in school that I really liked working for myself. And knowing that I had to plan things out, communicate with the client, figure things out like that. And then I had to come up with the final product and the concept and the ideas and, and push it forward and get a crew and hire people on and bring them on and shoot and make sure that everything looked good, get people food on location. Like I started to understand what it really was to be a producer. Cause like you talk about it in school, but you really don't. <laughs> You know, you have a lot of help from professors and yeah, so I kind of discovered that. And then, so I discovered that more in second year and then in third year, I was like, I want to be my own boss. Like I want to do this full time. I don't want to, you know, join the film industry, make, you know, big films. I don't want to be the next Steven Spielberg, whatever crap anyone else feeds you. Like, oh, I'm going to be the next well, whatever, like that's a great goal for you, but for me, it doesn't make sense. So I said, no, let's go into this. Let's start looking at some bigger, scarier looking cameras. Let's start thinking about, okay, how, like a name. Let's start thinking about how I can run this to its full extent and actually make money and, and provide for myself. And 
oh my gosh, was I ever very wrong at the start. <laughs> of course, like anyone, I, I chose my own name, Voth Productions. So my last name and Productions, very creative, very clever. Not. And um, from there, I bought, you know, a Panasonic HCX1. If you know what that camera is, it's like a 4K camcorder. That was near the end of my time at school. And then professors were reaching out and saying, hey, you can like, you can like shoot this for us. And oh, oh, and then on top of all this going on, I, I also connected with a professor. I was like, I'm looking for a job. Can you like hook me up with some sort of job that isn't working at a coffee shop? Because it's driving me crazy. I want to work in my industry a little bit. Any way I can. He's like, actually, there's an opening for like a digital content media specialist in media associate in uh, the marketing department at the college. And I was like, can I apply? Like, well, he's like, yeah, of course you can. I'll call them up right now. So in his office, I'm sitting there and Bill Bolin, love the guy. He reaches out, calls up Shelly, the marketing manager, I think, and says, hey, I got a student here that wants to apply for a position. Um, he, can I get you, you know, he'll, he'll send over a resume. Uh, his name is Sebastian, highly recommend him. He's just looking for work and he's a great shooter. He just said that in front of me in his office. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is not real. I'm pinching myself. Like this was so nice, so kind to reach out for me. And I set up a meeting with him just to, I don't even know what it was. It wasn't even to talk about jobs. I just mentioned it. And then we got to, on this tangent. And so, I mean, that's, that's my number one big tip is just like, say what you're thinking, say what you are looking for. Just say it. Cause someone might just be like, I like you, I'll help you. You never know. Like that was like a huge help. Um, and I was so lucky. I just tell my, I pinch myself when I think back to that moment of like him picking up his office phone, just dialing. Yeah. Sup. I got a, you know, student in here. Good student, good shooter, hard worker. Just hooks me up with a job. Like pretty much. I had to still go through the resume and interview process. And I think I did okay there. Um, and yeah, <laughs> Met Shelly, met Luke Gillett, um, or Luke Gillet, as they call him sometimes. And this this team, like this this was, I was getting it on the ground floor or something that I didn't know would help my career at all. I was just like, yeah, job, marketing, shooting, photo, video, sure, I'm in, sign me up. But I really got to learn so much from so many different people. There were graphic designers, social media managers, web designers, um, there, there, there was an admin team. There was an admin staff. There was a recru recru recruitment department. There was like so many people to learn from and to understand how, you know, the marketing of a college works. And I'm, I'm, I'm so stupid for not asking more questions then. I was just so nervous being, being in that department, in that role. And just like looking around like crazy. I mean, I wasn't like the main videographer, photographer. I was a, I was, a, I was a helping I was a second to Luke Gillett. Um, like he was my boss and, and Shelly was my boss and I would re report to them and they would assign tickets to me to go and shoot this photo and go and edit this video. And, Oh, can you figure out this for us? And it was, it was surreal. Like being able to do that in second year of college. And then they hired me back in third year. So I got two year, kind of, I guess a year and a half of experience. I got hired like halfway through second year. Um, just, brilliant uh, 
and the team there, like I think Shelly's still there. I know Luke's still there. Um, and Luke recently got promoted or like a couple, maybe a year ago, got promoted to full time. And that team there is so good. Like Stacy and, and Jessica and, uh, Courtney, I still remember. And, and, uh, while I was there, uh, what was his name? Oh no, they're going to kill me. Bob, Bob, Bob. Oh my gosh, Bob. The, the greatest graphic designer, the most eccentric personality ever. So, so funny. That guy, he loved musicals too. We got along in that, in that sense. And we, we, it was, it was a, it was a part-time position. I had such a blast and meeting all these people and it, yeah, just a, such a great experience. And so much, I learned so much more than I could have in school. Uh, so I just, yeah, just really, really good stuff. Um, so from there I went into third year, uh, and halfway through I had to, I didn't, I think the job contract just ended. I think half, no, I kept working through my full third year, but at the end when I graduated, of course, that's it. Like you can't keep me on. I mean, they probably could have, but I think I was looking for other things and I was going to start freelancing. And at that time in second year, I just done a, I, with the same professor, I just got connected with Shoyal Brown, who is another great mentor and kind of, I would say teacher of mine of, of live streaming and production. Um, and he's a great entrepreneur. That guy, uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, cause he has, he, he has so much business running sports Canada TV. Um, but yeah, Bill Bolin again connected me cause I was like, Hey, I'm looking for something for the summer. Cause, and I just said it to him. He's just like, Hey, I'm looking for something for the summer. If you have anything, if you have any, you know, contracts or even if it's freelance, I'd be happy to do it. And he said, yeah, I got a job. It's the summer. It's the canoe polo, uh, which canoe polo is a weird sport, but we can, you can Google that. Um, but he's like, yeah, I got this live stream event that's running for like two weeks, something like that. I think it was two weeks, maybe a week, maybe seven days. Um, crazy sport. And he needs a bunch of camera operators. He needs a technical producer. And I was like, what's a technical producer? Like, I think I could do that. I know how to plug in SDI cables and manage cameras and settings and make sure that everything's streaming properly out to, yeah, we need like a producer and we need like a, you know, more of like a organized, uh, scheduling kind of producer. So at that moment I worked with, uh, Heather Eaton, who is, she's now working for Revel. Uh, what is it? Not mortgage. It's, uh, they're realtors. It's a group of realtors, but they're much more than that. And she does great content, like social media content. She's like a, she's in the role that. I'm kind of getting to, I'll get to at the end of this podcast. Um, but yeah, I worked with Heather. Heather's such a great resource. She is so organized, so on top of things. And I think the kind of teamwork between me and her, and she had a little bit more maturity than me. Like she definitely was way more organized of a person and was definitely way more on top of her schoolwork and stuff like that. So having her on was like, okay, I can relax. Like Heather's really got this. Um, uh, and, and she kind of focused on the scheduling and, uh, and calling of and getting camera operators for this event, which Shoyal wasn't really focused on. He was just, you know, uh, the connection, the kind of the name on it and also bringing all the equipment and streaming gear. So 
it was good to have that person really know their shit and be on top of things. And then I kind of fit in as like a couple of things. I, I brought a whole bunch of extra like extension cables and gear to kind of save the show because the city of Welland didn't provide these things, of course. You know, cities, of course. they never give you the full thing that you ask for, of course. Gotta love it. Um, but yeah, uh, I I did all the technical things and set up and I learned so much from that event. Uh, we set up, I brought an extra camera. I bought my Panasonic like 4K camcorder at that point. And we set up like an interview inside of like with with a window in the background. We lit things. Oh, and there was Matt, Matthew Aubin. He was a huge help as well. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot him. That would be terrible. He's He's gone on to work on like cruise ships. He's come back and filled in uh, a couple times for me on other sports Canada events and CEBL events. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, Matt Aubin really saved the day. He brought lights in, he brought some gear in too. And we really worked as a team, like myself, Matt and Heather on these projects on this main, main canoe polo project, especially, um, we really had a good time together and we got, we, we did a great event and there were some technical things like there always is, but, um, that was kind of my start into the live stream world. So I met Shoyal, connected with him, Sports Canada TV, and kind of the rest was history in that sense. Um, I didn't really work with Heather again after that. I think, <laughs> I just think that she went on, she went back to the college to do PR studying and Matt was in second year, I was graduating. So we kind of just didn't cross paths again in the same way. I met Matt again, working for the CEBL I needed him to come and fill in for me for an event because I had to go to a Sports Canada event somewhere else in the in Canada. Um, so there was a little bit of flip-flopping there. But yeah, Heather, if you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to reconnect, and I'd love to hear what you're doing and what you're up to at uh, Revel. Is it Revel? Revel? I cannot pronounce it. You're probably killing me because of because I don't know how to pronounce it. I'll figure it out and I'll get your marketing right. Um, and if I buy a house ever, <laughs> if the housing market crashes and I can afford a house, um, I will definitely go through Revel uh, Realty. So there's a shout out there for you. Um, but where was I? Yeah. So Shoyal connected with him from Bill Bolin. Um, and then from there, I kind of just, um, f- there was like a year there where I freelanced I worked for Kevin Gibson. Kevin Gibson is a great guy as well. He does, he runs Electric Dreams video in Welland. He does a, he does phenomenal wedding videos, same day edits. It's insane the stuff this guy can do. And he's got a family, he's got two kids. He's got so much going on, that guy. And he teaches part-time at the college. This guy's amazing. Anyway, worked for Kevin for a bit when I didn't have Sports Canada work. Shot a couple weddings. That was a blast. And then, um... And then one day, I think it was like the, at the end of school, it was like the winter was coming or no. Yeah, it was the winter after school. I was looking for work, living at home. And I was like, and then I got an email from Shoya. He's like, Canada Games is coming to Red Deer. And I was like, I don't live in Red Deer. I live in Welland, <laughs> Ontario, Canada. As far from Red Deer as you can probably get and the smallest town you can probably be in. He's like, well... I want to bring you out. I'm going to fly you out to Red Deer. It's like, what? He's like, oh, wait, I'm going to send you out with this, um, with this guy, Nick, first. 
on another event earlier. I don't know. I can't remember that timeline exactly. Maybe it was a Canada basketball event. Regardless, I met Nick first. I met Shoyal, then I met Nick on an event, just me and Nick working together. Oh, he's in Ottawa? Oh, man. Nick's going to kill me. I should know this. Regardless. Met Nick, and then did an event with him. That event went really well. Me and Nick worked well together. And then, and I learned a ton from Nick. Oh, my gosh. Learned a ton about the freelance industry. Told him so many crazy stories about the CBL that I worked with. And I'm not even going to talk about the CBL because... Um, they did not make me happy, uh, from a broadcast perspective. We'll just say that, um, um, no offense to them. They're, they're a great company and they do great stuff for basketball in Canada. No offense. But I think when they started out, um, they should, they should have chosen a different broadcasting route, but they didn't know they, the organization didn't know. And that's totally cool. So it's not on them. It's just, you know, research and, and talking to the right people. Um, but yeah, so I worked with Nick, then Shoyal said, Hey, let's go to, let's go to Red Deer. Let's go to Canada games. And I was like, okay, how much are you going to pay me? He's like, what was it? What did I make? I, it was for, it was a, a month. I would be away from home in Red Deer in Calgary, Alberta. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. I think it was like, I'll say numbers. Cause I don't care. You might be like, that's so low. That's so crazy. But I didn't care. I had a great time. It was like four, five grand, five grand for a month. But mind you, I wasn't working the entire month. It was just like there were on and off events and I was off for some weeks for, I was probably off for about a full week and a bit. Like it wasn't a, like a full time of work, but they paid for the flights. They paid for the food. They paid for the hotel. Um, I had to buy some meals, some drinks, whatever. They bought us dinner like four nights in a row. We went bowling one night as a crew. Like we had a blast. So and it was all paid for. So like I was just like living the dream as a live stream producer. And that's what he called me, right? So he called me like a technical producer. So that was super huge to be, what was I? Was I 20? Was I 21? Oh my God. I was young to be out there. Um, just fending for myself, setting up these events on my own working multi-camera crews on like Nordic ski events, speed skating, figure skating, did some curling, did some hockey. And then of course, my good friend from broadcasting, Evan, who we both, disclaimer, we both studied film and we were working in live live events and TV because we needed the cash. So we were just like, let's go, let's go to Calgary, screw it. Me and Evan like roomed, me, Nick and Evan roomed together. Sometimes just me and Nick, sometimes me and Evan. Some events were in Red Deer, some were in like the city of Calgary, like downtown. So you were back and forth an hour down the road. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah, we, we had a good time and we did some really good quality events. And Shoya was there, of course. We used a software and a, and a program called Zixi to do like remote broadcasts. So the switcher and the talent was in a whole different room from us. And we were way out across Red Deer, like, you know, 15, oh, more like, like a hundred kilometers away on a, on a ski course or an, oh, and the coolest thing, the coolest event we did was, um, slope style skiing. Oh, that was so much fun. I was the top camera angle, like looking down the mountain. Uh, and I skied to my position, my camera position was so, it's just so much fun putting a camera tripod on your back, 
riding up the chairlift, skiing down to the position and setting up your camera. You just look like a badass. And it was so cool. Um, so if I could do that again, I would. That would be so much fun. Um, anyway, so that was me being an entrepreneur and kind of finding my way, finding connections through the college, through Bill Bolin, of course, saving my life there and giving me that connection and uh, and and just hitting it off with Shoyal and kind of being the same kind of personality in just loving setting up equipment and gear and and really getting along in that sense. Um, yeah, we had so much fun and I can't believe I was paid to do any of that stuff. Like that's just, it was just shocking that I got a paycheck out of the end of that. Um, and from there, I really kind of hunkered down into my entrepreneur abilities. And I said, no, I can do this. Like I've been, I've traveled on my own to Calgary. I've skied a mountain with a camera on my back. I can do anything. Um, and that was kind of true. So after that, I upgraded my Panasonic to a Blackmagic Ursa 4.2, 4.6K G2, like a nice big cinema camera, got a lens for it, got all the batteries and V mounts and everything that I needed. And in between all that, like I was doing so many different freelance gigs. Like I was working for the Can uh, Canadian Elite Basketball League, the CBL, like I mentioned before, got paid from them, luckily. Thank you, Josh. And, um, <laughs> and I was, uh, doing all that, working for Sports Canada, just making money, traveling different places, Hamilton, Toronto, uh, working through the winter, doing hockey games, indoor hockey games, doing soccer, doing ultimate frisbee. Like I've done so many different sports, doing uh, cross-country running. The one the one event I missed, and I would have loved to do, Shoyal, but you didn't call me for it, was uh, the Canada tennis event that happened in Toronto. That would have been so much fun. I love tennis. I love playing tennis. So that would have been fun. Anyways, no hard feelings. Um, but yeah, from there, I really hunkered down into my entrepreneurial abilities. I got a whole bunch of different contracts. Um, I connected with the college. I went back to the college and part-time I was working as a, a technical and teaching assistant in the uh, acting program there. So I was running all the cameras and technology for them part-time because they don't need a full-time person in there. Um, and when I wasn't working, I was doing sport. When I wasn't working at the college, I was doing Sports Canada events. And when I wasn't doing Sports Canada events, I was freelancing and finding little jobs that I could do uh, throughout, the, throughout the week. Like I would just be like, hey, do you need a music video? Do you need this? Do you need a wedding video? I would just go and do it and shoot it. Work with Kevin a bunch from Electric Dreams, go back and just make as much money as I possibly, humanly possibly could. Um, and buy equipment. Like I was buying microphones. I bought an audio kit, bought a Tascam linear recorder, got editing software, got a computer, got a switcher. Oh my gosh, got SDI cable. Like I was starting to build up my own repertoire of cameras and equipment. And because I wanted to do my own shows. I wanted to be able to really help when Shoyal called. I wanted to be like, yeah, I got like 200 foot SDI cables. I got some cameras I can help you with. Oh yeah, and I can come in and switch and direct the show if you need. Like I can do it all. So just giving myself the equipment, the skills and the abilities that I didn't know I had and just working at them and building on those entrepreneurial skills to say, yeah, I can do that and actually following through and emailing and working with clients of Shoyal's 
and being that producer, that, that kind of producer figure, um, that really just took the reins of the event of whatever it was and whatever problems came up, I solved them my, to my best of my ability. Um, and of course there's stories of when, you know, you try your best and you just, the event just goes to shit and that happens. That's live. That's TV. So whenever you shrug it off and you move on to the next one. Um, but yeah, I really found myself just loving working for myself, even though I was working for a company and multiple companies like the college, like sports Canada TV, CBL. At one point I had like all three plus my freelance work all in one go. <laughs> and that was a crazy summer. That was, I think that was summer of 2019. Oh my gosh, I was busy. Um, and then I, right, right before COVID-19 hit, I was working with someone, uh, Nate from either live, Nathan from either, either live and, uh, Adam, uh, can't remember his last name from the Thai cats in Hamilton. We were going to do this huge project, um, about like the, the column combine, the CFL combine. I was working, I was going to get a huge contract with the CFL and it just felt like a freelance job. And Evan was going to be in on it and Nick was going to be in on it. It was going to be a huge budget. And then COVID hit and nothing happened. I lost a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of contracts. Was so not used to being not busy and not having any work. And from there, I found myself looking for work and applying for so many different positions. I can't even name them. Just like hundreds of different job applications sent out via I did like four interviews a bunch of aptitude tests for different companies I went to interviews in Toronto just back and forth just like madman trying to find something full-time and um and then like COVID really really hit everything locked down and I got this email uh from Surge or a call forget what it was and he said hey Seb I'm looking for someone to help me with a live event. I was like, oh, during COVID? He's like, I have no budget. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God, why? Why no budget? Why does every live event have no budget? And he was like, but uh, it's for it's for the Rotary Club of Niagara or of St. Catharines, and it's for Rib Fest, and I can feed you ribs, and we can use my equipment and my internet and my studio and or at my office and, and we just, we, I worked with Serge previously at uh, the Henley Brigada um, in St. Catharines and he set up a great uh, like CTV cam down a, down a, a rowing course technical setup and he's an IT, see uh, he, he owns an IT company. So he set all these cameras up and he's like, I need someone to run this cause I can't uh, like, I'm not that way in i mean he should he probably could direct a show he's a brilliant uh person in that sense and technically minded and so he, i'm sure he could figure it out but he got vmix he got a really high-powered streaming computer a really great capture card system going on and vmix and he knew the network so we could set up ndi and then shoyal sent me with the zixi so we could put a wireless camera out on the boat and follow and and he was just like blown away with his production and I had a great time on it. There was some mistakes made, of course, but like any event, there's always mistakes made. <laughs> Can't uh, kick yourself for those. Um, so yeah, Serge knew me from that rowing event. And then we, he, yeah, and during the pandemic, he's like, hey, like, do you want to do a, a live 
show, a live music event. I was like, oh, music. Okay, I haven't really done too much of that. I did that before, but not too much. I've done like one other musical show before. And I was like, sure, let's go. Let's let's make this happen. I don't care about budget. I'll find friends of mine that'll come out and shoot cameras. And luckily, uh, you know, Evan is, you know, a god and brought his gimbal one day and I got Kevin Gibson out and I got some acting students that were doing nothing. I brought them out and I operated some cameras, had some static angles. I brought my, my friends that are like engineering, engineering grads. They had no idea what they were doing, but they had a blast. And I taught them how to camera operate in like 30 seconds. Had a, a buddy of mine, Jake, who graduated before me in broadcasting come out. And we put a pretty good show together um, and we did it live to tape. So I recorded, pre-recorded everything and then edited it later. And then we pumped out that, that event live um, through, uh, through YouTube and through Facebook live. So we just played a file through vMix basically. And if you're a stickler for live events and you think that that's not live or that's not true live, I don't care. You know, we were doing something in, in COVID. I, the reason I bring this up is because we had a rival company that wanted to, oh, they, they, they messaged us. They reached out to the, the RibFest Facebook page and said, this isn't live. If you want a real live event, it's like, okay, man, listen, listen, it's not about that. It's about bringing the community together. It's about doing something that's good. It's about keeping people sane during the pandemic. It's about giving musicians something to do. It wasn't about if it was live or not. And the logistics of a live event are so much more complicated for just one person to do. If you want to do it well, it's so much more. So we decided, you know, we're going to edit it and we can take out mistakes. No one's worried about internet going out. We can just do it. We can record, edit, and use the internet at the Skycom Solutions offices to, to really like have no internet streaming issues. So we didn't have any stream cutouts. We had like zero mistakes. It was a really good event and we had a blast making it. Like, you know, there was a small crew of masked up people and, you know, there was pizza and beer that, you know, were brought in to feed the crew. So we had a good time. We had a good time. We'll just say that. And from there, um, Serge and I kind of got talking or Serge mentioned it and he was like, and I'm also looking for some sort of like digital media videographer type person to join my team at Skycom. And I was like, hmm, I could help you with that. So I wrote out a job description for that person. I was looking at it and looking at it. And I was like, wait a second, I could do this. I have the experience to do this. And so again, learning from my entrepreneurial skills and from Bill Bolin, I just said to Serge, I think it was on the phone or maybe it was like through an email. I don't remember what it doesn't matter. I just said, Hey, um, here's a job description, but if you're looking for someone, I, I could do this. And he wanted a, a heavy kind of part of the job role to be on writing articles and blog posts. And I hadn't really done much writing other than script writing. Um, and I've written some little blog posts for myself. I've written copy for written copy for like marketing things in the college once in a while or helped the social media manager uh, come up with posts sometimes um, and wrote or and, and help people in interviews speak so that they sound intelligent in their interview um, just by giving them suggestions 
So yeah. Um, so we, I reached out to surgeons. They're just like, yeah, like, I think you, yeah, I definitely think you could do this. Let's, let's get you a formal offer and stuff together. And I think there was more conversation than that. I think we had a phone call and just kind of went over like what the job position would be. And, and he's like, are you okay leaving like your freelance work? You love that. You seem to have a good, t-. it's like, no, no, no. I, I need a full-time position. I need to start like living, you know, not the freelance life for a bit and see what that's like. And I took the job and, uh, so far things have really gone well in Skycomp. Um, so you could technically say, oh, Sebastian, you're not an entrepreneur anymore. You're working for someone else. But, 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 but it, it wasn't really, I still connect with, and on weekends, I still freelance all the time and connect with, uh, Nick. Like I've done, I've worked with Nick on so many different projects on the weekends, um, during the pandemic as well. He's also helped me through it. He gave me so much work. And so did, uh, uh, what is his name? Michael. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Michael Bancroft from uh, Global Live, from uh, Global Live uh, Media in Toronto. Um, Nick had a connection with him and they needed like a gaffer, kind of lighting, kind of all around assistant kind of guy on set for the TV show they were shooting. And I was like, I can do that. And I'm COVID safe. I don't mind wearing masks. They're like, great, come on out. And so I drove to Toronto a couple weeks and shot a whole bunch of episodes of a TV show. Um, yeah, that was really fun. And yeah, and uh, like in between that, I was working at Skycomp and getting started there. And yeah, I'm so grateful to Serge and Nick and Shoyal and everyone that's kind of like, and Bill Bolin for pushing me on this kind of journey. Um, but yeah, I just really wanted to, in this short episode, well, it's not really short, it's probably an hour long, <laughs> um, just talk a little bit about how I came to where I am. And right now I'm the digital uh, media specialist at Skycom Solutions. I could not be happier in this role. It is, it is a blast. Um, I get to shoot video. I get to put on little live events. We did something for the Niagara Peninsula Conservation Authority. We did a private live event for them. Um, we've done a whole bunch of like live meet and greets with new clients and I'm learning the marketing side and the, the article writing side more and more. And I've gotten confident in my writing in the past. I think it's been like now seven months ish that I'm working here. Seven. Sure. We'll call it seven. And, um, yeah, just such a blast and learning so much and working with a team of like 20 people. is so cool. Even in the pandemic, it's really, really cool to, to see everyone, uh, that's like how they got to where they are and just hearing all these different stories. So, yeah, but you know, I'm the argument of, <laughs> You're not an entrepreneur anymore. Well, that's not true because I'm always looking for ways to now market to people. And being a marketer, I've learned, has a lot to do with being entrepreneurial and coming up with your own concepts and ideas to, that can bring clients to you. So I still have to use that entrepreneurial spirit in my work every day um, to find new clients and to find ways to find new clients. Um, and luckily, since I've worked there, like we've up the website, uh, 
like the website tracking has showed a crazy number of people that are showing up to our homepage and our learn page, skycomp.ca slash learn. Check it out. Shameless, uh, <laughs> shameless advertisement there. I'm marketing, whatever. I have to say it. Um, and yeah, we, it's been a great experience and it's really, really challenged me to come up with really cool different concepts to get views and to get follows and, uh, and I've built up their social media accounts to like almost 300 followers on different, different platforms, which is huge from nothing. They they were doing nothing on social media. So to have that following is huge. Um, and, and now we're just, we're working away. We're plugging away. We're making videos. We're following something called uh, they ask you answer, which some marketers might be rolling their eyes at this. Some university students might be like, what are you doing that for? Just follow the marketing guideline that we learned and brought. Well, we're doing something different. We're trying it out. And so far it's working because we've gotten a bunch of leads from it. So we're going to keep plugging away. We're going to do our best. I'm going to keep being an entrepreneur as much as I can be. I hope that you found this, my kind of, I guess my life story, my career story were uh, interesting. Um, I'm just trying to, within the pandemic, not even then, I've wanted to do this for a while. Just talk about my experiences and hopefully with this help someone else who's struggling to figure out what they're doing um, with their career, where they're going, and just kind of prove to people that, one, you don't need to go to university to get, uh, to, to, to find your career path. If it's not in university, you don't have to do that. Some jobs you do, but for a lot, you don't have to. And if there's no shame in that. And the other thing I wanted to kind of prove is, you can, if you have the right people backing you and you show up, you do good work, you say thank you, you leave, you can almost find any work and make money at whatever you want to do. Because at the end of the day, uh, being an entrepreneur, I believe, is not about having the best gear, being the best shooter, being the smartest person in the room. It's about being the nicest person and being able to work with people. That's what matters. And it took me 23 years to learn that. <laughs> oh God. But I learned it and I'm happy I did. So if you can listen to this, if you've learned something from it, please share it, like it, leave a comment for me. I'd love to hear your story. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, this is Sebastian Voth and this is the entrepreneurial or no i got the name wrong oh god this is the entrepreneurious 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 what is what is that i gotta maybe change the name of this if you have any suggestions for names let me know this is the entrepreneurious podcast with sebastian Vaugh. thanks for listening <laughs>